Thank you for listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these sermons or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's sermon. Hey, good morning. My name is Scott Ensminger, one of the ministers here on staff. And uh, as we get started this morning, we're just going to take a few moments just to talk about uh, the return on the return that we've uh, been talking about for the past few weeks. Last Sunday when you walked into the service, if you were here, uh, there were commitment cards that were on every chair. And uh, today, those commitment cards right in the lobby and also uh, the return booklet that kind of gives you an overview of everything that we were hoping to do in this return. Uh, last year at this time, as a church... We talked about uh, different initiatives that we wanted to do uh, that we felt like God was calling us to do. So we uh, gave everybody an opportunity uh, that was part of Christ Church to give a commitment card. So last week when you came into service and you, and you saw that commitment card there, you might have been wondering why in the world was there a commitment card there again. Well, it's, it's one year into it. And this is uh, over, the next, uh, over the next year, uh, finishing up one year now, over the next two years, our goal was... Is, is that over $9 million would be brought into uh, to Christ Church uh, to be able to do these six initiatives that we felt like God was calling us to do. So I just want to take a moment and just talk about the commitment card for a moment with you. Uh, if you uh, are someone that is, has started to come to Christ Church uh, within the last few months and you saw a commitment card for the first time and that freaks you out, don't worry about it. Uh, it's just we want to help you be aware of what's going on. Uh, and if you're someone that wants to be a part of the return uh, initiative, of the return challenge. Uh, next uh, Sunday, we're going to be uh, taking these cards back up. So we're going to ask anyone that is, has been coming to the church for a while, if, they, if you feel led that you want to give to the return initiative, um, you can fill out your card. It talks about if you are, uh, if maybe it's the first time that, that you've done this, and it gives you all the information there of how to fill this card out. And you can drop these off in the treasure chest that are out in the lobby, and there'll be some in the, in the worship center on Sunday. But uh, it'll give a chance for you to be able to give these back next week. Uh, if you were someone that's been coming to Christ Church for quite a while, you were hearing in the challenge, uh, you didn't feel comfortable filling out a card and you want to do that now, uh, you, ha- you are more than welcome to do that. Uh, fill out that card. To, it's, it's all about helping us uh, make sure to see where we're going with our initiatives. Are we on track to do what we're su- uh, supposed to do as, as far as our commitments go? And uh, maybe you're someone that did fill out a card last year and, and life has happened. Maybe uh, an illness came up, maybe a job change, uh, maybe uh, you're expecting uh, another child and you are Expecting that, so you need to make a change to, uh, to your return. Uh, you can fill that out on the card and, and make that change as well on here. Or maybe you're, you're someone that says, you know what, we're going to hit uh, th- the goal that we committed last year, and we just ask that you check that on the box and say that we're going to finish strong. This is what we were planning on giving, and we're going to finish, uh, finish strong with that. We are year one. We just almost can finish year one of a year two initiative to, you know, to, to come together as a church body. And we said together through our commitments that we're going to bring in over $9 million. And there were six initiatives that we talked about. And we just want to take them a few minutes just to go over each one of those initiatives and, and let you know where we are on that. Uh, the first one is was to, to start a church uh, on the south end of Joplin, Hope City uh, church is now down there, and it's love knowing that, that Rachel and, and Cody were on the video this morning. Uh, and, and for some of us, it might be, the, you know, we might have saw people on the screen going, I wonder where they've been. Well, they're down there. Uh, 250 people from Christ Church went down there, and they're averaging over 400 people on a Sunday, which is just awesome. 
uh, for that. So that's, that was our first initiative. Our second initiative was that we wanted to, to make more student ministry space. So uh, as you came in today, you might have seen a building out there that's being built. And uh, you can also tell this could be really cold for those workers out there tomorrow on that building. Uh, but we're building more student ministry area. And that one will uh, be completed and we'll be able to move into it by next fall. So that's, that's two of our initiatives. Our third initiative that we're wanting to do was, was to be able to help start new ministries uh, uh, globally and, and have new ministry partners. And we're working on that and making that happen. So that's where some of our initiative money is going because every bit of money that we give in together in our offering goes to, to the return challenge. It's going to one of these places. Uh, additional staff for discipleship. One of the things you might not know is, is that we're almost back at the size, averaging uh, attendance number, that we were uh, before we sent 250 people went down to start Hope City. And we're back almost at 3,000 people here on a Sunday, which is crazy. Um, so it's also crazy that it's snowing in November, and that makes me bitter. But anyway, um, <laughs> being raised in the South, I don't even want to wear a coat. And this is making it very difficult to do that. So anyway, but, but to, you know, to be able to have more staff here uh, at our churches because we're growing is just one of those things that, that's just awesome. So to be able to have more discipleship ministers and be able to bring uh, more staff on to help us all grow in our walk of Christ is something we want to be able to do. And, and another one of those initiatives is we want to be able to reduce our debt. Um, uh, Christ Church uh, uh, has a mortgage that is on uh, this building here, our, our main worship center, the cafe, and the early childhood area. Now, we pay more than what we need to each month to go ahead and get that debt taken care of. But our goal is, is that whenever we get, whatever we get over $9 million, that will go to help pay off uh, the, the debt of our mortgage so we can keep doing more ministry and being able to just keep expanding the, uh, the, uh, the kingdom. So... If you have any questions about the return initiative, uh, call our church offices uh, during the week, and we will get in touch with you and, and let you know what's going on with that. Uh, don't hesitate to call that. Uh, out in the lobby, you're going to see these return books again. They're out there on the table with the commitment cards. Uh, it tells you all of these initiatives and what's going on uh, with those. And uh, again, that we're just excited to know what God's doing. So before we get started this morning, I want us to just take a moment to pray. Uh, pray for Hope City uh, Church this morning. They are doing something a little different for them down there. They usually have two services uh, on a Sunday morning. And they're stopping. Uh, not, they're not doing that today. They're, they're having one service today with everybody in one service together. And say, as a church family, uh, are you in to help us continue uh, the ministry of Hope City Church? So, so they're having uh, kind of a big day down there today for them. So we're just going to stop for a moment. Uh, to pray for us today as we open God's word and, uh, and just take a moment just to pray for Hope City Church this morning. So let's pray together. Uh, dear Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, each person that is in this room today. And God, we're just, uh, just lifting up our, our, um, our sister congregation, uh, Hope City Church, to you as, as, as they're about to uh, have a conversation as a church uh, where they're going, and they just want to encourage their uh, people down there to continue proclaiming the gospel and, and just asking people uh, down there th to make a commitment uh, just to be, continue to be a part of, of the ministry down there. So, God, this is a big day for them. God, just give uh, Cody and, and his team down there, just give them uh, a wisdom. God, we thank you for their staff that are down there that you've called down there. God, for the 250 people from Christ Church that, that are down there now calling that, they're calling that their church home, we just thank you uh, for the sacrifice that they made and for the, um, all the new people that have started uh, being a part of Hope City Church. God, we just uh, pray that uh, today that they are just uh, challenged, that they want to just c 
continue proclaiming your name and, and inviting people to church and, and, and having conversations with people to let them know about uh, who you are. And God, again, we just thank you for our Savior. Uh, we thank you for this opportunity um, to be able to be a part of something where uh, we're uh, helping start a church somewhere else, and we're thankful for that. And God, I just thank you for uh, the unselfishness uh, of the people here at Christ Church uh, to, to, to give their money, uh, to be able to uh, to be able to to help start a church down there, and all the other things that that as a church we're feeling you to, uh, feeling led to do that they're just making that possible. God, again, thank you for our Savior, and I thank you for loving us. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Today we're talking about service. Last week, uh, Mark talked about truth, and one of the statements that he made in there was is that when he faces God one day, uh, his goal is to live a life that that God says. Uh, well done, good and faithful servant. And today we're talking about the servant part of that, of how, do we, how is it that we live our life? How is it that we serve? So we're going to take some time this morning just to open up Scripture and, and, and look at how is it that we're supposed to live our life daily? How is it that we serve? So if you'll take in, look inside your bulletin there, that you have a bulletin insert there of your notes today. I appreciate if you go ahead and take that out. And we'll go ahead and get started uh, as I looked in Scripture uh, for the past few weeks, uh, looking for some examples of what it looks like of how we're supposed to live our life, how is it that we're supposed to uh, follow Jesus every day? Uh, there were two Scripture that just continued to jump out at me. Uh, the first Scripture being Matthew chapter seven verse twelve says, "So in everything, do to others what you'd have them do to you." For this sums up the law of the prophets. When I was in children's church as a kid, I remember that teaching that as the golden rule: treat others the way that you want to be treated. That was the golden rule. Remember hearing that over and over again um, as a kid. And Luke chapter 10, verse 26 through 28 says this. says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, uh, and love your neighbor as yourself. So let's take a moment. Looking at Luke chapter 10 there, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as what? As yourself. Being unselfish with what you have. Loving uh, the people that are around you. Treating others the way that you want to be treated. So when we look at serve, what does that mean for us? How is it that we live our life? There's two things that jump out to me when I read uh, scripture right there. Is the first one is, is to love God. Love God. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love God with everything that you have. And the second part there, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. So the second part that I see from that is, is that we are to love others. Love others. So as we look into the scripture today and see and continue going of what does it mean to serve, the first example that I want us to take a moment to look at is is to look to see how did Jesus serve others? How did Jesus serve others? So if you have your Bibles there, I'd like for you to turn to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. How did Jesus do this? What's an example? Here's an example of of how Jesus served others. Jesus was 30 years old when he started his ministry, when he started teaching. And uh, when, we, when we find him here in this part of the scripture, uh, uh, it is it's the night before, uh, it's the night he's going to get arrested. 
and he has uh, one last meal with his disciples. Hours are ticking. He knows what's coming. And he has, he's, this is the last time really to be with his disciples. And he's having one of those conversations with them where he's trying to teach them and tell them, hey, this is what's, what's going on. This is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to make sure that, that you understand. And he's trying to give them some illustrations and examples to help stick with them of the way that they're supposed to live their life. So Jesus goes and he gets a basin of water and a towel and removes his outer clothing. And he goes around and starts going to the disciples to start washing their feet. Now, through history, we know that if you were if someone was a servant, the lowest of servants was uh, was the person that would wash other people's feet, your guests, when they'd come into your home. Because back in the day of, of Christ, they wore sandals. Uh, it was rugged uh, terrain that they were on, and their, and their feet would get very nasty. So when they would come in, they would, have, they would clean their feet. So we see that, that Jesus is starting to do this. When you look down at verse 6, we begin to see Jesus go around and start washing their feet. Verse 6 says, He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but you will understand later. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet, because he's thinking, I'm, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not going to let you do that. I, I can't let you do that. And Jesus answers and says, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, uh, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, for those who have had a bath only, uh, need only to wash their feet, because the whole body is already clean. Look at what he says in verse 11. And this shows us an illustration here of of the, what Jesus wants us to learn and grow from, from the way that he served others. It says, for he knew who was going to betray him, and it was why he said that not everyone was clean. So Jesus knew that Judas was in the room, and he knew that Jesus was going to be the one that was going to turn him over to the soldiers to let people be aware of, of where he was. And he washed his feet as well. Verse 12 says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. Tell me, teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Verse 14 says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. Verse 15 says, I have set an example that you should do as I've done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master nor his uh, messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Okay? Go out and do that. So Christ is here having a moment with the disciples. The way I kind of picture this in a little bit in my mind is when I got ready to go to college, my parents were sitting down and they were giving me things, all the things they thought I needed to know before I left for school. Okay? I'm thinking, I'm 18 years old, it's kind of late now, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking. But I was sitting down and my parents were telling me all these different things, all the things I needed to know. I was going to college, you know, I was getting ready to, uh, to go off. I lived in a town of 2,500. I was about to go to Louisiana Tech, which had 11,000 students on campus. So it was larger than, than the uh, place I was raised. And they were telling me all these different things that I needed to know and, and remember. You know, Daddy's trying to tell me things about my truck that I need to remember. Mama's trying to tell me how to do things like wash my clothes and, 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 and how you do those kind of things. And I remember the first week at, at college and going down to the laundry area in the dorm and standing there in front of the washer going, I don't remember everything that she said. 
if I put the detergent in the bottom of the wash, is it okay for it to go down through the holes? Some of the things I wondered. So as, <laughs> but I figured it out. You know, but there was all these things they wanted me to remember. They wanted to remember, this was back before the day of cell phones. So they wanted to I'd make sure that I had a calling card on me, if, you know, to use it a pay phone. All these things they wanted me to know and remember before I leave. Jesus is doing something far greater than even that. He's trying to prepare his disciples for what they're about to see. He knows he's going to be arrested. He knows he's going to be beaten. He knows he's going to be crucified. And he knows their life is about to become chaotic and crazy. He knows that Peter is going to deny him three times. He knows all of these things. But what is the one thing that he keeps going back to? He wants them to remember that in order to proclaim his name and to spread the word of who he is, that they need to go out and they need to serve others. And they need to go out and serve others in a way that the lowest of lowest people on the earth was, you know, those entry-level servants that had the job of washing people's feet, that low, that's the kind of things I want you to do to proclaim my name. That's what he wanted. That's what he challenged them with. And if it was important enough for Jesus to remind them of what they needed to do his last time with them, why shouldn't that apply to us today? It should. It's it's something that that I look at and when I read scripture and I go, you know, what a great example and what a great reminder of the way that I'm supposed to treat others. When God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, love your neighbor as yourself, sometimes that means doing things that might make me a little bit uncomfortable, but it's it's worth it. Maybe it's asking them how they're doing. Maybe maybe it's, it's, it's having a conversation. So Jesus gives us that example. Now the second part of this that we see is, is that after we look at Christ, it's his example of how did he serve. As a church, we need to look at how do we serve, okay? As a church, how do we serve? Here's the one thing that I, I keep thinking about as I was uh, preparing for, uh, for today is, is that all through the initiative, uh, the statement that kept being said over and over again was someone sits in the shade today because another uh, planted a tree a generation ago. There's shade today because someone else planted the tree. So what are we doing? As a church, what are we doing? What's the example? We, 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 I love hearing that 15 people have given their life to the Lord and baptized down in Hope City. Their souls being saved is worth a lot more money than what we've ever spent down there. That's for sure. Because those people are receiving something that they've never received before, and that's hope. And that's peace. And that's forgiveness. And that's grace. And I'm thankful for that. But in the scripture, I love the book of Acts. So if you'll take your your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 2, we get great examples of what the church is supposed to be. Because when when we start the book of Acts, this is where churches were being started. Jesus has already risen from the dead and he's been with the disciples. And, and, and when, when the book of Acts starts, uh, Jesus goes back to heaven. And the disciples are there having that moment of when they have to go out and start preaching the gospel and start starting churches. I remember whenever Caleb was born and after uh, uh, Kim's parents left and my parents left. And we're, that, that first moment of sitting there at the house with the baby just by yourself. And you're thinking, uh, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, 
same kind of moment probably the apostles are having here because they're all back together now. They've, they've rallied themselves and they're starting to go out and realize they need to go start churches and they're starting to preach the gospel. And they're doing these things that for three years Jesus had invested in them and now they're going out and they're doing this and they're proclaiming uh, the good news of Jesus and, and telling people that. And when you look at verse 42 of Acts uh, chapter 2, I love what we see happening here is it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and uh, had everything in common. They sold property and possessions uh, to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here we see the church being started. So as a church, how do we serve? What are we supposed to do? We, we see a great example there. Uh, it says in another part of, of the book of Acts that the apostles were, uh, knew that it was time for them to go start another church somewhere else. And it said that, the, that, that those worshipers were praying and fasting together. They all were in, in harmony together. And they knew what they were supposed to do. And when you begin to see that Christ means more to you than anything of this earth, things of this earth no longer mean anything to you. And those people were so excited to be, find the gospel, and, and they wanted other people to, just to have the hope that, that, that they have. They sell their possessions to give to those that, that are in need. They wanted people uh, seeing Christ in all the areas of their life, and that's the greatest example of being the church. So as a church, looking at the return challenge, to start a church in the south uh, part of Joplin and knowing that we're giving our, our offering every Sunday, part of that goes to help down there. And to watch a video of seeing people that used to help guide and direct cars in the parking lots here are doing that down there. Or, or they're teaching classes down there and they're not teaching classes here anymore. But, but watching the church be the church is, is an awesome thing to be able to experience. And Christ is saying, you know, as we look through scripture that, that we see that when people begin to follow Christ, things of this earth do not matter as much. So they sold their possessions and they gave it away. They didn't care because they wanted people to know who Jesus is. They were unselfish with what they had. They were putting others before themselves. They were loving God and they were loving others. Loving God and loving others. So here's the thing I want you to think about. When When we read the scripture and it says, love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. When we start to love God and love others, one of the things that we see is, the greatest example is we talk about how did Jesus serve? We look at that and go, this is how he did it. When we read that, the, that passage in that scripture, as a church, we look at that and go, okay, this is how we do this together. But sometimes the hardest part is the last part, and that is, as a Christian, how do I serve? So where he talked about he, where he talked about Jesus, where he talked about we already talked about we, we talked about the church, and now we need to talk about me. How do I serve others? How do I do that? Why do I do that? Here's the one thing I want you to think about. The average age, or the, the average lifespan of an American male is 77.4 years. Some of you, that makes you a little nervous. 
I understand. As I started doing the, the math on this last week, realizing that I have already lived 43.4 years on this earth. Uh, I have the transcript to prove it that I'm a very average student. So I'm guessing that I might be a very average American. I don't know. I don't know how long I will be on this earth. But if I go by the math on this and I live the average lifespan of an American male, uh, I have 34 years left on this earth. Uh, in front of you is uh, a jar uh, full of pennies. This is not my kid's scholarship fund or college fund. Um, this might be my net worth, I don't know. But, uh, but each one of these pennies in here represent one week that I should have left on this earth if I live the average lifespan of American male. And that's 1,768. If I live an average life, I have 1,768 weeks left on this earth. And I begin to think about what common denominator do I have that I need to look at to help remind me of, of that. And I begin to think of, of, of a penny. They're not worth very much in value, but we all seem to have them. And you know, we always say, you know, you know, you can't get rid of them like a bad penny. So it's been used. They're always around. But I need a reminder of what is it that I'm doing with my life for Jesus. So I begin to look at this. And in each week that I live my life, at the end of that week and the new week starts, I take out a penny. Eventually, it, this is going to continue to get uh, smaller and smaller. But it's a good reminder of what, I, what have I done for Jesus that week. And when I begin to think about that, it changes the, the perspective of, of how I live my life. When I begin to think, of what am I doing for Jesus each week? And also to be reminded that I have finite time here on this earth. I have limited time. I might have 1,768 weeks left on this earth. I might not. That changes the perspective of a lot of things. That changes the things that I think are important that I want my kids to know about because I realize that I might only have 34 more Christmases with them. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But as a Christian... How is it that I serve? How is it that I live my life? Because I'm being reminded that, that it's, tomorrow is not guaranteed. What am I doing with my faith as a Christian? Who am I investing in? And here's some things I think about. When it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, that begins to change things when I realize that my life does have an end coming. One day it will end. And it begins to put things also in, very, in, in perspective. That the people that are around me, their life is not guaranteed either. And I don't know how long they have to live. So here's some things I begin to think about. One of the things that, that has challenged me lately is, and be, to be reminded is, as, as a Christian, one of the things I need to remember that serving God is difficult. It's not easy. If I say I'm going to serve God, I'm going to love him with all the areas of my life and love my neighbor as myself, sometimes that's going to be difficult. Sometimes that means I'm going to have to have a conversation with them about, about things in my life that I regret, but maybe it can help them grow in their walk with Christ. Maybe I can use a tragedy that I wish had never happened to me, but help them see that there is hope in Christ. 
But serving God is difficult. It's not always easy. And sometimes, this is one of the things that that I hear over and over again. Well, I thought serving this way would give me a certain feeling, so I'm not going to do that anymore because God must not want me to do that because it's awful hard. The last thing that Jesus did with his disciples was to have a conversation with them to say that you need to wash each other's feet and serve those around you and put others before yourself. That's difficult. When I read in the Old Testament about Abraham and Abraham making a statement, and sometimes we make big statements, and Abraham says, no matter what, I will follow God. And God says, okay, sacrifice your son that you've been waiting for forever to get. He says, okay. Stephen, when I read in the book of Acts, Stephen was stoned to death. What was his job in the church was to take care of the widows and the orphans. And he was put to death. Why? Because they were, he was was preaching the gospel of Christ. Serving God is difficult. When Saul became a Christian and became Paul, he spent the rest of his life as a Christian almost every day in jail, being beaten to death. I mean, being beaten nearly to death and still proclaiming the name of Jesus and singing singing songs of praise to, to Jesus in jail. The apostles, look at this. Acts chapter 5, verse 40 says, His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. They ordered them not to speak in the, in the name of Jesus and let them go. So, the, so the, uh, the apostles were brought in. Never ever speak the name of Jesus again. And they beat them. And look what it says in verse 41. It says, The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they counted, they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. They're praising God for being beaten for, for proclaiming the name of Christ. Serving God is difficult. And it says, Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So there's something I need to be reminded of here today when it comes to serving. I talked about sometimes, it's, you know, we walk away going, well, that was difficult. Maybe God didn't want me to do that anymore. No, serving God is difficult. But here's something else that we need to remember, and you see it on your sheet there, is that our identity is not defined by what we're doing. It's by who we're serving. Our identity is not defined by what we're doing for God defined by who we're serving and that's Jesus so what regardless if I think helping the person next door to me uh, with their garbage and dragging it out because they're older is not that it's not that big of a deal it doesn't matter what the job is I'm doing it's matter about who I'm serving my identity is in Christ not that it doesn't matter so sometimes not only serving God is difficult sometimes it's very humbling but it's worth it it's worth it I, I am for et- eternally grateful to the people that every Sunday as a kid drove the joy bus in Monterey, Louisiana and picked this up, this little scrawny kid up uh, in, on the church bus every week and got me to church. I'm forever grateful for that. And I'm sure there were a lot of times I didn't want to do it, but the last thing is this. Why do we serve? Because it's worth it. Because it's worth it. You and I know who Christ is today because someone else invested into us. But it's difficult. One of the last things I want to leave you with as, as we close today is this. 
been in, I was in youth ministry for about 13 years and spent the last 11 years working with adults. You see people on fire for God and you see them begin to fall away from Christ. I truly believe it's because their life gets comfortable and gets better because they've now, they've, they've found Jesus and they get order in their life and their life gets, be, uh, gets better. But they begin to fall away from Christ slowly. And I think the reason why is it's because they become selfish and they only think about themselves and they only think about the world they live in and they stop telling other people about Jesus. And when you stop telling other people about Jesus, you stop enjoying salvation and the resurrection of Christ, of you being saved. You just stop. You, 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 you stop remembering that. You just, it goes away. You forget that. When you stop telling other people about Jesus, you stop being reminded of what God's done for you and how God's changed you. So the important thing for us is is that we serve Christ with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. As we continue this morning singing praises to God, will you stand with me and let's, let's just take a moment to pray together. And today, as you leave here, you go back home and you pull out money, you get ready to pay, pay for things throughout this week and forever. When you see a when you see a penny just think about what are you doing for the kingdom of God this week because we don't know how many weeks that we have left but let's serve Christ to the best of that let's pray together dear Jesus I thank you for our savior I thank you for loving us and I just thank you for this reminder that we just serve you more than anything else and God I thank you for the challenge in your scripture I thank you for this reminder that's it's worth it, but sometimes it's difficult. God, we just thank you so much for the examples of the people that, have, that are throughout Scripture that followed you. And we thank you for that. We thank you again for a Savior. We thank you for the cross. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these sermons, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.